This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of malignant fibrous histiocytoma, or pleomorphic sarcoma, from the pathology section on orthobullets.com. Malignant fibrous histiocytoma is a rare malignant histiocytic lesion of the bone. It is similar in presentation to osteosarcoma, but histologically different as it lacks osteoid formation. Malignant fibrous histiocytoma is also known as undifferentiated pleomorphic sarcoma. As far as the epidemiology, malignant fibrous histiocytoma comprises of less than 2% of all primary malignant bone tumors and is the second most common bone sarcoma in adults after chondrosarcoma. As far as the demographics, malignant fibrous histiocytoma affects individuals 20 to 80 years of age. The highest rates of affected patients are in the second to fourth decades of life. Males are more affected than females in a 3 to 2 ratio. And finally, keep in mind that it's more common in Caucasians than African Americans or Asians. As far as body location, 75% of cases of malignant fibrous histiocytoma are from the appendicular skeleton. They are often seen in the metaphysis of long bones, primarily the distal femur, proximal tibia, and proximal humerus. As far as risk factors, 25% arise as secondary lesions from a bone infarct, Paget's disease, or prior radiation. As far as genetics, mutations of the tumor suppressor gene P53 have been implicated in tumorogenesis of secondary malignant fibrous histiocytoma of bone. As far as the prognosis of malignant fibrous histiocytoma, there is a 50% to 60% survival at 5 years. There is a worse prognosis with secondary malignant fibrous histiocytoma compared to primary lesions. Pulmonary metastasis is common in up to 30%. A good response that is greater than 90% tumor necrosis to neoadjuvant chemotherapy has been found to have a much better prognosis. Age younger than 40 years is associated with improved disease-free survival rate. As far as the presentation of malignant fibrous histiocytoma, Patients typically have a history of a new painful mass, and patients can present with a pathologic fracture. Symptoms include pain and constitutional symptoms like fevers, chills, night sweats, and weight loss. On physical exam, inspection may reveal swelling and or a limp, and as far as motion, patients typically exhibit a decreased range of motion. With respect to imaging, recommended views on radiographs include an AP and a lateral of the affected area. Findings include a lytic and destructive lesion, which is often in the metaphysis, variable periosteal reaction, cortical destruction with soft tissue extension. However, keep in mind that radiographs are often nonspecific. An MRI may be necessary to better characterize the lesion. Findings include a deep-seated heterogeneous mass that is often associated with internal hemorrhage. T1 has a low signal, whereas T2 has a high signal. CT scans may be indicated to assess the amount and character of bone destruction. A bone scan may be ordered as part of pretreatment staging. Findings include increased uptake in the adjacent cortex. As far as other studies to be aware of, labs in the setting of malignant fibrous histiocytoma include an elevated white blood cell count, eosinophilia, abnormal liver function tests, and hypoglycemia. The histology of malignant fibrous histiocytoma includes pleomorphic spindle cells and histiocytic cells in a story-form pattern. Again, the histology of malignant fibrous histiocytoma includes pleomorphic spindle cells and histiocytic cells in a story-form pattern.
Histology can also include malignant multinucleated giant cells with grooved or indented nuclei, areas of chronic inflammatory cells, variable collagen production, and fibrous fascicles that radiate from focal hypocellular areas. Keep in mind that hemorrhagic and necrotic regions are not infrequent and suggest a high-grade lesion. Treatment of malignant fibrous histiocytoma is always operative and is similar to osteosarcoma and specifically includes neoadjuvant chemotherapy, wide resection, postoperative chemotherapy, plus or minus radiation. This is the standard of care in all patients. As far as the chemotherapy, preoperative chemotherapy is given for 8 to 12 weeks, followed by maintenance chemotherapy for 6 to 12 months after surgical resection. With respect to surgical resection, the correct surgical option is based on the location of the tumor and the feasibility of obtaining a wide surgical margin. Wide excision or amputation have been found to have a higher 5-year survival rate than those who received intralesional or marginal excision. There is a trend towards limb salvage whenever possible. Options include arthroplasty, resection arthrodesis, allograft reconstruction, and rotationplasty. As far as radiation, indications include incomplete or questionable margins in order to reduce the risk of local recurrence. Remember that radiation is an adjunct to traditional chemotherapy and surgical regimens. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 60-year-old patient presents with extremity pain and fatigue for the past several months. His medical history is non-contributory. A coronal MRI sequence shows a spindle cell sarcoma of the bone. Histology shows a pleomorphic spindle cell sarcoma of the bone with a subtle storiform pattern and scattered atypical mitoses. What is the optimal treatment for this lesion? And the choices are 1. Observation alone, 2. Chemotherapy alone, 3. Radiation therapy alone, 4. Neoadjuvant chemotherapy, wide resection and adjuvant chemotherapy, and 5. Wide resection alone. The correct answer to this question is for neoadjuvant chemotherapy, wide resection, and adjuvant chemotherapy. So based on the MRI and the histology described, this patient has a spindle cell sarcoma, otherwise known as an undifferentiated pleomorphic sarcoma of bone, and the optimal treatment is wide resection and chemotherapy. To quickly review, spindle cell sarcoma, or undifferentiated pleomorphic sarcoma, is treated similarly to osteosarcoma. Preoperative chemotherapy is given for 8 to 12 weeks prior to surgical resection. Chemotherapy is continued for 6 to 12 months postoperatively. Staging of these lesions may be completed with the Enneking system. Stage 1 is low-grade, stage 2 is high-grade, and stage 3 is metastatic. These stages are subclassified based on whether the lesion is intracompartmental, which is designated A, or extracompartmental, which is designated B. Stage 2b spindle cell lesions are treated with preoperative chemotherapy, wide excision, followed by chemotherapy. Gian et al. compared treatment outcomes between spindle cell sarcoma of bone and osteosarcoma. They noted that the former presented in older patients with a greater osteolytic effect. In response to chemotherapy, the authors found comparable survival rates and histologic responses for both pathologies. And moving on to the final question, a 75-year-old male presents with a slowly enlarging painless thigh mass. Physical exam demonstrates a mass measuring approximately 7 centimeters in size. 
an MRI reveals a deep-seated heterogeneous mass that is associated with internal hemorrhage and has a low signal on T1 and a high signal on T2. The histology is characterized by a storyform pattern that is cells that emanate from a central focus, irregular fascicles, and variable cellularity. Pleomorphic and bizarre tumor cells with foamy cytoplasm and marked atypia appear on a background of inflamed collagenous stroma. There are numerous mitotic figures, including atypical forms. Multinucleated giant cells are also seen. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? And the choices are 1. Liposarcoma, 2. Desmoid tumor, 3. Undifferentiated pleomorphic sarcoma, 4. Synovial sarcoma, and 5. Schwannoma. The correct answer to this question is 3. Undifferentiated pleomorphic sarcoma. So the clinical history and the imaging described are consistent with the diagnosis of undifferentiated pleomorphic sarcoma. Previously referred to as malignant fibrous histiocytoma, undifferentiated pleomorphic sarcoma most often presents as a painless, slowly enlarging mass. On an MRI scan, the mass appears with dark on T1 and bright on T2. These findings may be suggestive of an undifferentiated pleomorphic sarcoma, but histologic evaluation is needed to help confirm the diagnosis. The mainstay of treatment includes chemotherapy, wide surgical resection, plus or minus radiation. Schuetz presents a review article that describes the utility of PET scans in evaluation of sarcomas. The authors report that PET scans are a useful tool in conjunction with MRI and histologic analysis. Additionally, they discuss that a decrease in the uptake of glucose has been found to be an early predictor of therapy response in patients with osteosarcoma, Ewing's, and gastrointestinal stromal tumors. Randall et al. reviewed the controversy surrounding whether malignant fibrous histiocytoma is a unique clinical pathologic entity or a subtype of pleomorphic sarcoma. They report that the World Health Organization classification no longer includes malignant fibrous histiocytoma as a distinct diagnostic category, but rather as a subtype of undifferentiated pleomorphic sarcoma. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, liposarcoma is incorrect, as liposarcomas will demonstrate lipoblasts and mature adipose tissue on histology. Signet ring cells are also seen at the edges of the tumor. Answer 2, desmoid tumor, is incorrect, as desmoid tumors often present in the upper torso, affecting the shoulder, chest wall, and back. They may occasionally affect the lower extremities. They enhance on MRI with gadolinium, but desmoid tumors are typically dark on T1 and T2 imaging. Diagnosis is made by histology, which will show fibroblasts with abundant collagen. Answer 4, synovial sarcoma, is incorrect, as synovial sarcomas are usually seen in periarticular regions such as the shoulder, back, knee, and elbow. Joint involvement is rare. MRI findings are nonspecific with increased signal seen on T2 images. On histologic analysis, the more common biphasic pattern with epithelioid-type cells forming glandular structures mixed with spindle-shaped cells is seen. They are often associated with X18 translocation and the SYS-SSX fusion protein. And answer 5, schwannoma, is incorrect, as schwannomas will typically be more homogeneous, will have a target sign on the MRI imaging, and will have antony A and B cells on pathologic analysis. That's all for this review about malignant fibrous histiocytoma or undifferentiated pleomorphic sarcoma. Hopefully that was helpful. 
This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.